people of Earth. If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and I'm hosting myself, Tarek McCaw. That was going to be a little awkward. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. Here's your your host. We're actually here from the Mexicali Grill, uh, because it is Wednesday, April 30th, and Rick Brettschneider and I are um, flying solo tonight because we're going to go see a screening of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, but we did want to bring you a podcast this week because we have not dozens, but several interviews, significant, significant interviews from Wizard World. Uh, not Wizard World. We were at WonderCon. Nate Costa, Jason Salazar, Stephanie Rodriguez, myself, several members from Fanboy Planet down there. Nate did some interviewing. We're very proud of him. And we have those interviews uh, to play for you on this week's podcast. We also have a couple of news things because naturally things happen uh, after we just recorded this huge 350th. In fact, while we were recording the 350, uh, well, let's just go here. First of all, as I'm Derek McCaw, I am here with my fabulous podcast producer and Moral Compass. I'm Rick Bretsnyder. And while we were recording and this on, is a margarita. on Sunday, and this is margarita, and we may be interrupted as I order, uh, what am I going for? Probably the same thing, the tamales. The tamales um, they do look good. Uh, maybe the flautas, I still can't decide. It'll be an impulse buy. And, um, but speaking of impulse buys. While we were recording on Sunday, you were doing a fabulous job, Warner Brothers was sneaking news out. I don't know if it was really news, but it got a lot of play on Sunday, confirming that Zack Snyder is going to direct Justice League uh, right after Superman versus Batman. We promise we're going to make it this time. You know, um, that's so the actual subtitle. I believe that's the actual subtitle now. Yeah. Many people are still upset, and the question is, as opposed to the Marvel plan, and maybe next week we can talk about it a little better with, with Nate involved as well. The Marvel plan is, with the exception of Joss Whedon and John Favreau, because uh, Whedon will assume has made will have made two Avengers films. Uh, John Favreau did do Iron Man one and two. Marvel has otherwise had no director do the same film, the same franchise twice. Yeah. So uh, they move forward and they ch- and they pick different directors for different types of films. Yeah. As you say, and it worked very well. Joe Johnston for Captain America, the first Avenger, making that nostalgic World War II, a more morally black and Capturing white story. That, that and then uh, the guys that directed, and I'm sorry that I keep blanking on their names because they were TV directors before for Winter Soldier, who did a fantastic job making a 70s political thriller. Shane Black doing the Iron Man, James Bond, but really action movie, wiseacre thing that Shane Black was known for yeah. for Iron Man 3. And Brana on Thor the first, you know, Thor, and then... Uh, and then another director comes in uh, from Game of Thrones on Thor The Dark World. So, the question is, why must we keep with Zack Snyder? When, at one point, the rumor was Ben Affleck, who is really good, and we saw in Argo, of, of dealing with a bunch of different subplots and tension, kind of bringing them all together, and the town was the same kind of thing. Actually, all his movies, Gone Baby Gone, yeah. dealing with a bunch of characters coming at things from a I very... like the light palette he uses at drawing beloved superheroes. Uh, uh, Zack Snyder? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you know what we want? It just leaves me, oh, feel good. Talk about your Justice League Dark without using any of the characters exactly. you'd want in Justice League Dark. Um, so, there's that. Who knows? We'll have to see. But in that article, they did confirm that separately, they're working on things like Fables, 100 Bullets, no surprises there. But we hadn't heard for a while that they're actively working on Metal Men, and then, which a lot of people were kind of huh? And I was like, no, that's actually a great, that'd be a great, I'm sorry it'll be separate, but it's kind of cool. I'd like to see that in If its they own can't little. make that into a fun movie, they're doomed. Oh, Wes Craven's going to be directing <laughs> exactly, that. Uh, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other really like dark, dour director. Uh, Lars von Trier will be making The nice. Metal Men. Um, I understand Tin has really sharp fingers. Absolutely. Uh, so 
anyway, that is that. We shall see what happens with that. Another uh, movie thing that came out before we get to the big thing that has us the most excited and we're saving up. Yeah, I'm going to have to order some of these. Uh, could I also get an order of the tamales? Thank you. And um, <clears throat> that, of course, Star Wars released a picture, or perhaps now the rumor is, a photo was leaked of a read-through from Star Wars Episode Seven, And the reason they're saying it now, they backpedaled after saying, oh, yes, this is an official announcement, was because you looked at, at who was there, and some unknowns, great, uh, but even the relative unknowns, a couple of them were, you know, I, I've seen them in other films, and I know they're, they're good actors. It did look like one of those pictures that that they're supposed to find 20 years from now yeah. to show what it looked like when they were coming up yeah. with it. And it was almost like it's staged to be that kind of photo. I mean, but it's also, it's also behind the set. Yeah. Like, you can tell that there's, there's flats. They're sitting behind. But they're all sitting around, and there's an R2 unit in the back. And it's funny that they have Peter in a box, and they have Peter Mayhew sitting there, but they don't have Kenny Baker sitting there. Right. But they confirmed that, of course, both of them are back as Chewbacca and R2. Uh, respectively, Max von Sydow, fantastic addition. Are we sure Kenny wasn't there? I looked. I looked very carefully. And don't make a joke about him being short. No, I was looking inside of our team. Because he's in a box. No, that's, that's too many layers. Too many layers. Um, I, I've never tried to do it. But I think that is, I, you know, I think that is respectful because at this point, at this point, they don't need Kenny Baker to be in that in that robot. But it's it's nice that they're doing it. Yeah, if you can have the continuity. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's really cool. But uh, Max von Sydow, a great addition. Um, More important that they're going to do that as a li- him as a live effect, and not CG him. Right, right, and then, which is great. Um, but then there was immediately controversy about the lack of gender diversity, and I was I agree with that. Although again, I was thinking, and, and this is my defense back, not a defense back. What we felt, what I feel was the biggest loss of the expanded universe was not Thrawn's a good villain, I'd like to see Thrawn, and you still could in some way, shape, or form. But I did feel like Mara Jade was a character in and of her own right I wanted to see. Very strong female character, a lot of women. And I think the expanded universe, the books, at least, my belief is, have done a better job of gender diversity. This casting was not. You looked at this big circle of people in there, and there's Carrie Fisher and this Daisy, uh, I can't remember who the last name is, who's the new young, she's like right. 20. And one of the directors. Uh, one of the producers. One of the producers. Not, not one of the directors, only one director, J.J. Abrams. Right. And, uh, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy, I think, is uh, there. But, I mean, in the cast, is what I'm saying, is is that, yes, right. in all the diversity of, of alien races and droids and so forth, you still have, essentially... Two black people, only uh, they got rid of Billy D. Williams. He is not being brought back, or at least he's not listed there. Uh, and you have uh, two women in this new cast, which includes one as the old one, K- right. Carrie Fisher. Right. And so uh, then they announced later, oh, no, we're not done casting. We're going to cast a, a, a woman of mixed ethnicity. And so while I applaud that, it does feel more like a, oh, Something doesn't add up, and that is that if right. that was a read-through, you don't do a table read of the script when you don't have your cast. So, I, you know, I know it's all publicity, and it's all smoke and mirrors, but allegedly they have begun filming, and so it's just, things aren't adding up. But I applaud if they do, whoever they bring in. There are some you know, fantastic actresses out there that could be great, you know, but I don't know. I don't know who they're talking about, talking to, who they're talking about. Waiting to see. We're still a year and a half off before we get Star Wars Episode 7. We don't even have a subtitle yet, but then neither does DC. So, the big news for us... DC subtitle is, we're trying. We're trying, trying. we're trying. Um, But uh, Super Members of Batman, we promise eventually you'll you'll enjoy watching one of our movies. And... Someday, Metal Man, I, I, I'm, I'm, or Fables. How can you mess up Fables? Well, no, I shouldn't say. How can you? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I was a stupid thing to say. Um, anyway, but the big thing for us today was, of course, that di- that uh, Marvel and Disney Interactive teamed up to have a, was a over an hour press conference this morning, I, a web conference. Because even though I, I'd call it a press conference, but it was done for. It was invited for the fans. 
and it was done live. I believe every product announcement. Everybody at Disney Interactive was there in the in their main meeting room watching this. I think I don't think they took any questions from the press. I think they were. It was just no, like was, yeah. audience. And, I'm not calling it a press yeah. conference because I realized it's not. It was a product announcement. Well, Infinity 2.0, which they are pushing very heavily as Marvel superheroes. Fair enough, because the starter kit for it will be three Avengers. Um, I believe, from the photograph, it looked like it's Thor, Captain America, and Black Widow. That's what it looked like. Uh, and that feels like the right mix. But I thought I thought I'd read that it was Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man that you'd get your basic three of the of the team. But I, you know, I get me wrong. They really stressed in that announcement those characters and the Avengers: Hawkeye, Black Widow, Hulk. But they did in the trailer show a very quick wow. shot of Groot and Rocket Raccoon and, and of course Spider-Man Spider swinging by. So that confirms what I had heard. Those three and Nick Fury. Hmm. And those three universes are going to come together. I saw somewhere, I did not get a chance to watch the entire product announcement, but again read well, there's going to be up to 18 figures that are Marvel based. But we know there's going to be more. It's not just going to be Marvel, so if you're not interested in the Marvel side of things, and I don't know who you are if you aren't, but if you're not, I'm still going to stand by my belief that Maleficent's going to have a push because that's a very action-heavy looking yeah, film. Um, there's going to be something cartoony. I'm not sure what. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe even uh, an advanced, uh, some more Phineas and Ferb came. Or, because I'll stand by this, I think the reason that Frozen didn't have a playset was that Disney was completely caught unprepared I agree for how much people would want to. They knew they wanted to push the characters because it was a new movie, but they were not ready for how much deeply people would respond to that movie. So I would bet that a Frozen set is in development. And they did say, the, the Disney developers said, there will be more play sets that yeah. will be announced later. So right. So, E3 or even after E3 perhaps. Well, as we know, Nick Fury teased us. He was going to announce more and but he's going to on. see it's at E3. Uh, because that's what, that's what it said. Uh -huh. So, the great news on that is that we talk backwards compatibility. Yes, you're going to have to buy a new starter kit. But, all your figures... I don't will. It sounded like... It, well, look, if you're going to go for a PS4 or an Xbox One, uh -huh. you're going to have to buy a new starter kit. Probably, yes. Okay. Uh, if you're going to stay on the PS3... That's a good question, a good but question. the but but the way it, it it felt is, I'm assuming that it's coming with a new disc, and if it's coming with a new disc, the only way that that, that has sold. All that stuff's downloadable these days too. I think that I agree with that, and that's what I had hoped for. But that's not what they specified. They did say backwards compatibility. Your figures will work in 2.0, and, and and the thing is, uh, what I hear from inside is that the gameplay, the depth of game, it was shown in this product announcement. All the things you can do in this game, in this 2.0 that they're promising, that are just light years ahead of what you could do in 1.0. And I was impressed by 1.0. But 2.0 is, you can have your simple gameplay. If you have a young child, a five or a six year old, you can play in the, in the play sets as you were before, the toy box. You don't have to do much more than Hulk smash. You don't have to explain have to your fun. Kid why the old stuff they spent hours and hours and hours on doesn't work anymore. But that's not what I mean. I mean, just the gameplay itself stay, could stay sure. relatively the same. However, it if could. you want a little more advanced gaming, it's there. You can spec. You can, you can do specs like you can on you know DC Universe Online or World of Warcraft or any MMORPG. You have more, I think, a game a game in between, as you call it, the tower defense and the dungeon crawl. Dungeon crawl. And, that, that's a game in between the, the level of the mini games that have come. And by the way, if you haven't played your Agent P, the, uh, the Agent P mini game is fantastic. It is the best out of all of them. Really? Because it's five different old school video games combined. Oh, cool. And it keeps switching. Because uh, Doofenshmirtz is. Uh, Messing with it, it's the gameinator, and so um, anyway. But that be that as it may, I just love that. But that was a very that was the most complex, and that's the last game they released of the mini game. The dungeon crawl and the tower defense feel like somewhere in between of that and a full on game that the Avengers is going to have. So I'm very impressed and very hope, hopeful for that. But beyond that, the the world building is suddenly so much. 
more, it's both more complex and simpler. By being able to drop your little gremlin guys, or they, they call them the builders, they're not gremlins, but, but that's what I, I immediately thought of, is that you can set people to work doing what you want to do. You can have this brush mode, as you pointed out, which is just a, because, Jiminy Christmas, building things in 1.0 of making sure you've lined up in that, in, in, in that square, fight match. And, and, and that's hard. So I can imagine children being very frustrated by that. So I was very, very, very pleased by, by the children and 48-year-old men. Let's not go any further there. But uh, it was, it, just seeing that was amazing. But also they have temp, they're dropping in templates. Kids can learn rudimentary game programming because they're going to learn cause and effect and putting this together. And that's the way you learn programming is by taking someone else's program apart. And that is, that is just amazing. And then they announced this morning that at least one new programmer had been hired from the toy boxes that winning the Very toy nice. box contest you know I, well, and it, was, I, it was so obvious that they have spent so much time listening and watching their customer base do this stuff they emphasized over and over again that this that this feature or this this part of what they're adding to the toy box is because people were trying to do it or they asked for it mm-hmm. or they saw it the whole adding the the, the paintbrush mode and then going back and tweaking it is just exactly what you want to do. The idea that they've got the dungeon dungeon crawl and the tower defense is just they were watching people, and those were what people were building over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they, they build these things now, like the dungeon crawl, and every time you go into it, it randomizes it. And so yeah. it's new to you. Right, and, so, and, and that is the thing that is missing... In one, right? You know, you can play. You know, your if sumo. You built it. You know how it works. Yeah. yeah. And so, just overall, I I'm super excited by this. Um, and said, oh, and the discs. That the idea, and this is what I what I love. The two new two two new subcategories of power discs is brilliant. And and I could see it working outside of the Marvel Universe itself as well, yeah. which is one is alternate costumes. So I love the fact that you can you get a, gr- a Green Hulk, but if you have the disc, you can play Grey Hulk, right. which is what you love doing, and, and you're able to do with Superhero Squad uh, online anyway. So to be able to do that is, is great. Uh, and then the other one of, of adding in sidekicks, which you essentially are doing with some power discs now in terms of like having your horse or your vehicle, which stays, your, right. your vehicles. But... Now being able to add in Iron Patriot or Bucky, now who's going to help you and going to work. Looking at their video up close, I think the sidekicks are little Weeble guys that hang around that are the tag. No, at one game. point there was a video where he said, you can call in Iron Patriot, and they showed a full Iron Patriot. Yeah, I, we're going to have to see about that one. I, I they, tell showed you, no, Cap, they showed Cap going they did, and, I'll t- and I'll tell you why it would work, because they already have that in the Lone Ranger game. Okay. If you are on the t- highest level... Tonto has a backpack that releases the Spirit Warrior. So there is a Ghost Warrior, uh, Native American Warrior Chief, who is full size, who goes and takes out all your enemies in a room if you have that backpack on. So they do have something similar already functioning. And I would prefer that. The only thing was when I saw Cap was in a dungeon and they were talking about his his um, sidekicks there, and there were Weeble guys. So. It could have been just an early development. Those are the builders, and I saw a full, I saw a full Bucky as well. Okay. Not a not a Winter Soldier. I saw both. There was a Winter Soldier, and there was a Bucky. So, so hopefully it's here. We play. shall see. We shall see. So anyway, those are the exciting uh, pieces of news this week. Of course, next week we'll be back, being able to talk about Amazing Spider-Man Two, for good or ill. I'll be honest. At this point, I'm I'm hearing a lot of ill, but we shall see. The, the line is around the theater waiting while we're here enjoying Machaca. And, uh, yes, and, and margaritas. But let's get to the interviews. So Nate, uh, Nate did, had, had some great ones. Um, first up, which uh, I think we're going to run first, is with uh, Chris Dingus, who is, uh, a, was a television writer uh, and uh, probably best known to listeners here of as uh, no I'm good thank you as one of the writers of uh, the American version of Being Human and uh, he has a book from Skybound slash Image called Manifest Destiny which at the time uh, last week I had not read it and then I I went stopped by Earth 2 Comics in Northridge 
and picked up the, a reprint of the first issue because it's on its fifth printing uh, and picked it up and went, yeah, damn, that's actually a really good book. Um, so anyway, it's uh, basically if Lewis and Clark were actually on a secret mission from Jefferson to clear the countryside of monsters oh, while cool. claiming to fill out the Northwest Territory. So, so supernatural in the old days. Yeah. So it's a really interesting book. And here is Nate's interview with my voice occasionally with Chris Dingus. Look, it's even got a little sound meter. Oh, nice. Oh, you're in the red. Yeah. It's like terrible. Test, test, testing, test, test, whatever. Damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. Come join us, Derek. All right. Okay, Nate Costa and Derek McCaw here on the floor of WonderCon 2014 with Chris Dingus, writer and creator of Manifest Destiny. Chris, how's it going? It's going great. This is a lot of fun. Now, you started in television. Uh-huh. What got you to say, I want to write a comic? Um, I've always, I mean, for almost as long as I've been a fan of television, I've been a fan of comic books. I grew up reading them. Um... But I never, for some reason, I never thought about writing it because I always associated drawing with writing and I'm, my art skills are garbage. Uh, so I just never even, I never gave it a thought and I got into writing television. I've, I've written television for over 10 years. What? And I came up with an idea um, for this comic book, but I didn't really know anything to do with it, what to do with it until I met someone who just happened to know um, Robert Kirkman. And he had me boil it down to a single sentence description of the concept. Lewis and Clark were actually monster fighters. Uh, just to get it in front of, one sentence to get in front of Robert because he's so busy. So that's really how it happened. I had no, I had, I had no idea how to get into comics. I, re I really backed into it like a lucky jerk. <laughs> All right. And then, yeah. and then doing that, as you just said, um, that you, your art skills were, were uh, severely lacking. Let's call we'll it that. We'll just be okay. nice and okay. say that. So how has it been changing your thinking and scripting and, and collaborating with an artist um, who has to bring I, it to life? Again, I've been incredibly lucky because Matt uh, is so skilled with pencils and inks uh, because he did Battle Pope with Robert. He, I think Matt would be... I wouldn't be able to work with Matt. He would be way too huge for me if he hadn't... Um, luckily... After Battle Pope, he decided to stay in the military, and he did that for another decade or so, and he just retired and had come out and was getting back into comics. Right, Kirkman has incredible And he hooked photos, us, yeah, right? yeah exactly. So. so he hooked us up. Um, but um, it's, um, man, I'm, I'm, it's very lucky because I will write a description, and there have been times where I've written a four-sentence paragraph, and I, weeks or months later a drawing comes back and it's like Matt ripped something out of my head it's really weird it's like an episode of like uh, Amazing Stories or something uh, great show yeah but it's about it's about being as clear as possible um, which I, in television a lot of times if you want a specific shot you're very descriptive in your shot description which is I think Matt's mentioned it a couple times to me I, I will write you know a wide shot I'll, I'll get my world's mixed up all right, like a two-shot, a wide shot. But I think the world has become so television and film literate that people know what that means anyway. Right. So uh, it's really Matt and I have a good communication, so that's helped the art tremendously. I know there's a lot. Is he local? Like, is he, does he live anywhere near you? No. Is he, like, across the country and Matt is, stuff back and forth? Matt is based, I think, around Roanoke, Virginia. Um, we communicate by email and by phone. Sometimes, um, if I if I want to tweak something in the script, but I know it's probably already he's already got the pencils out, I'll make a quick phone call and go, "Oh, I was actually thinking maybe we need to do this to push this story further down a couple issues. I need to show something here or stuff like that." Or he'll call me with a question. We've only met uh, we met at San Diego Comic Con last year and hung out. Um, but other than that, it's mostly phone calls and emails. It's the modern, modern age of <laughs> yeah. 
the creative process, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Some dude just walked by um, in little kid shorts and nothing else. Oh my god, that guy's so sexy. Adventure time. <laughs> yeah. That guy's had a little adventure time. The for wrong himself. kind of adventure time. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Okay, get somebody. Can we recover from yeah, seeing that? Right. I, I'm gonna. It's kind of burned into my. Thanks, Nate. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Hey, I yeah. saw it. You didn't have to point it out. <laughs> Figured I'd share the uh, opposite of wealth. I think those were basically just boxer briefs, but whatever. Okay, good, good stuff. <laughs> well, uh, now that you've gone deep into this with a successful book. Um, do you have the bug? Is like comics going to be the medium you're going to well, want to work for? for um, I, I love it, and I'm still so kind of learning and trying to stay ahead like of Matt with the art. I'm really focused on just Manifest Destiny now as far as comic books go, and, and television is my first love, and I, I love... I really I love television so much that I'll never completely stray away from that. And then when I do... Well, there's money for one thing. There's that, too, but I mean, I just... I grew up in front of a television set and always wanted to get inside of that box. Right. Um, and now that genre of television has exploded, really, with fantasy and horror and stuff, there's so many opportunities there. But I love Manifest Destiny, and it really is my baby. I like being able to focus on that primarily as far as comics go. I have other ideas that are very half-baked. But the thing with television is also when you get involved in a television production, it is a tremendous time suck. Right. Um, you're in a room for 8 to 12 hours a day with a bunch of, staring at a bunch of other people, trying not to hate each other and get something done. Uh, so I want to be... When, when, that, when the next gig comes for that, I know it'll suck my time and I have to... Every other bit has to go to Manifest Destiny. That's going to be my main balance. Yeah, so, I was going to ask, you know, like people write five, six, seven comics a month. Can yeah. you do a show and a comic at the same I time? Can't, well, I, I just did. I, I've been, I was on Being Human for the Sci-Fi Channel the entire time. I've been okay. doing Manifest Destiny. So I was able to do that. Um, but I've sat down with, like, Robert, who's been like, you're... you're turning out this comic fairly slow and I'm like well I hem and haw and he's like okay I get it I was like how long does it take you to write a comic he's like he just cranks them out like he just he's a machine and then there's guys like Mark Guggenheim who works on Arrow he wrote a novel he writes comic books and I just I'm in all these guys and at the same time I want to smother them with a pillow while they're sleeping out of jealousy uh yeah I I I don't know if it's time management or what, but it's more that I hem and haw over every word. Right. Uh, that's what slows me down. But I can keep... I think I can keep pace on this book and a television series. I, I've managed to do that. So for right now, until I get uh, a little more experience with comics and can double down on properties, I will probably just stay with this for a while. And scheduling-wise, do you tell yourself, all right, I'm working from 9 to 5 on something, or do you just do... I I'm trying to do that. I, I try to do that. If, if I were... I'm at, at, If I were at peak discipline, I would be getting up at 5 in the morning, working on the comic until 8 or 9, then going into the office and doing the TV show. What I, My schedule now is usually I get up, maybe work on the comic a little bit go to the office and then it's when I get home uh, I'll work on the comic for a few hours a night uh, but um, yeah that's pretty much how I do it now right now but I'm trying to I'm trying to switch it so I'm doing the comic book in the morning and TV at night because I'm wiped by the end of the day as we all are yeah yeah well, I wish you all the best of luck thanks, with this guys. book and thanks for saying I was going to say sitting down with us, but we're standing. We're standing. Thanks for um, standing in the middle of an aisle. And uh, thanks, thanks for putting up with yeah, our yeah, during the sight of the uh, young man. Hey, that was great. That was and good stuff. That's what these uh, That's what these were all about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to go see if I can uh, get that guy's phone number. All right. Well, good, good luck. Good you good guys luck. have a good convention. All right. Sorry. Bye, guys. Sorry we're late. Oh, it was my pleasure. No problem. No problem at all. Okay, Nate Costa and Derek McCaw here with Chavo Guerrero Jr. at WonderCon 2014. Chavo, you've got a comic book coming out about kind of you. What's going on with that? Yeah, Matt, so uh, with me, um, we're, uh, I got hooked up with Lionforge through um, Lionforge Comics through uh, um, my buddy Rampage Jackson. We're actually at uh, the CES... Um, 
show in Vegas, you know, the, the electronic show. Yeah, consumer electronic show. And uh, I was, you know, hanging out with Rampage, and out of the blue, we saw David, the CEO of Lion Forge, and uh, just hooked up, and little by little, just, you know, started collaborating, and we're here, we're here now, you know, so basically putting out a, um, a comic book, um, kind of really about, like, not, not really just about me, even though I'm the main character, it's... Mm -hmm. Kind of like something for the like Hispanic people that they don't really have anything, so we're kind of giving them a superhero almost, you know. Even though it's not targeted just to them, it'll go with everybody. But you know, we're putting something out there for them, which is you know how I close to my heart that right, I feel right. you know, feel good about. And the title of that book is the Warriors Code. Warriors Creed. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think we're. We're married, not married to that right now, but it is, I think that's what we're going to stick with, the Warrior's Creed. And it's basically just, um, you know, my family's been, Guerrero means warrior. That's what it trans, literally translated from Spanish to English, Guerrero means warrior. That is our actual last name. And, and when I presented this idea to David, it was basically like, um, you know, my, my whole life, our whole family's been warriors throughout our history of our family. We were matadors, we were uh, boxers, you know, uh, Olympian judos, judo, um, um, ju judicial, I don't know what you call it. Uh, they, uh, um, um, you know, wrestlers, and you just name it, we kind of did everything. All, and it traces all the way back, our lineage back to the Aztec warriors, the Aztec Indians, the actual warriors for the Aztecs. <clears throat> so, um, kind of like the comic book's really about us why why were we like that what was what what was the reason that we were all driven towards the fighting arts mm -hmm. and comic books really um, about us having to fight the powers to be the, the evil people and uh, and we had kind of suppressed them for a long time and now all of a sudden they're making a huge come back in the world and then we have to come go back when we think that we're done with that with that realm that world we have to go back in that world and and fight them again so that's kind of what it is now is it so you're the main character do you yes. have superpowers or are you like a I have I, I don't I have my powers that I've actually trained you know Lucha Libre and all that stuff our whole lives but there's in the Guerrero DNA there are powers that the the um, bad guys, the Invicta, want to unleash. If they unleash it, they can create a huge um, supernatural evil power. Okay. I don't want to let that get out, but at the same time, if it does get out, that will increase my powers exponent exponentially. So it's kind of like a gift. Catch twenty two. If if it gets out, well, then they can create their superpower. But I can also tap into it, also. So it's you know, give and take. So that's kind of where we're gonna go with that. So I don't have superpowers, but in the DNA there is, and maybe you could them. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a hidden character. <laughs> you yeah. talked in the panel a, a little bit about yeah. um, kind of the importance of of creating yourself as a. a a Latin superhero because mm -hmm. there really aren't that many out there. Sure. There really aren't that many African Americans either. Sure. It, the ethnicity tends to be white. So, sure. want to talk about the importance? Yeah, you know, just saying that in the panel, I had three people come up to me as I was signing autographs, saying, "Hey, man, we heard that panel. You're right on. That's exactly. I mean, we don't have, you know, our superheroes were always, you know, you know, white guys because." You know, DC made them or Marvel made them, which is, you know, they were my superheroes too. I was a huge Superman fan, you know, Spider-Man fan. Uh, but now just, just the way that, you know, the world is going is we're recognizing and giving them something, you know, which we should. There's a big market. If you see the Hispanic market, it's massive and growing daily. And we're just going to, you know, tap into that and give them something. And to that end, you're also working in film. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We got a couple movies coming out. I got one coming out with Rampage also called. Um, that's a good question. Hey, Rob, what's the name of the, the movie with with uh, with Christian? Christian's movie. The name? Yeah. Uh, the Wetlands. The Wetlands. That's the working right. title for now. Yeah, that's right. So I'm gonna do something. That's I play the bad guy. <laughs> so uh, that's gonna be that's with Luke Goss and me and Rampage Jackson and 
and possibly Danny Trejo. Still talking about that, yeah. So uh, th that's still. Um, I think we start filming in June, so we're in the final contract stuff with that. Uh, did another movie called Fight to the Finish, and that's finished, and that's uh, will be coming out shortly. Some production, post production. Um, and I have a, a, a show also on geeknation.com, which is a talk show, and it's uh, it's all about man stuff, about tools and girls and beer and and fighting and building and cars and about all that kind of stuff. All the questions that, like when I had Rampage Jackson on it, you know, he didn't want, how many times does he talk about his MMA career? He's talked about it 500 times, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I asked him the first time, who was the first one who kicked his ass? When, how old was he? So he's like, ah, oh, man, I was... I was eight years old. Okay, who was it? And then he told me the whole story about that. That's the stuff that, that I ask, you know, different things. Are you going to be, for your role as the, as the bad guy, are you going to be tapping into any of the heel stuff you've done over the years? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's, that's oh, we're natural heels, you know what I mean? The Guerreros are natural. That was, something we were, that was a, our favorite parts, you know, is when we were, they love to hate us, you know? They love to hate us. So I always just said, you know, you don't, I don't care if you like me or hate me, but you will respect me. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of, uh, that was our, nat our natural, uh, in the wrestling world, that's our natural uh, personas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of wrestling, I know that uh, you were last in TNA. Mm -hmm. And what, do you know, do you know anything about what's going on in TNA right now? I don't think TNA knows anything that's going on in TNA. That's what my feeling has been because I, look, I Googled it earlier, I looked at their roster and it's like all the biggest names they had are the guys that are TNA alumni now. Okay. I'm assuming it's a money issue. When I got to TNA, not to cut you off, but I know where you're going. When I got to <laughs> TNA, that was the best wrestling roster in the world. It was Samoa Joe and Austin Aries and, and Kurt Angle and uh, uh, AJ Styles and Rude and Kaz. And, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Exactly. I mean, it was, it was That's one of the reasons that I went there. I was like, man, I haven't wrestled a lot of these guys. And if I have, I haven't done it extensively. Um and when I, I got them, it was fun. It was great. And then little by little, man, I just started getting, uh, you know, started, you know, money issue, I'm sure. Started letting people go and this and that. But they had something so good there. I was waiting for it to explode. And I mm -hmm. thought I was in the right place at the right time. You know, and, and unfortunately, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's not to say, not talking bad at all, because that's, that, right. that, I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, and I want all wrestling to succeed because it makes it better for everybody. It's right. better for the fans, it's better for the wrestlers, it's better for competitions, better for the organizations. You know, but I just I thought, man, it was I thought it was the right place, the right time, and it was. I just don't think they lived up to their, their potential. It was ready to to, it, to, to, to compete at least give. Yeah, it really looked like that for a long time. A, a run, yeah, you know. And then everybody just kind of disappeared. Yeah, and it just kind of like like they weren't. You know the storylines and stuff. And I, I told Dixie when I left Dixie Carter, I said, you know, I, th I see you getting rid of some of the the wrestlers, but when was the last time you guys came up with a really good storyline that the wrestlers couldn't execute? I go, it hasn't happened. Right. So I think you're getting rid of the wrong people. I said, maybe you're getting rid of should be getting rid of the creative people and bringing in new people there because. The wrestlers, we were all doing our jobs. We were all ready to do our jobs. And, and if you look at the matches in TNA, the matches were great. Storylines, Right, and I know they brought in, I mean, you can't do much. I don't want to say that they were doing anything wrong or the guys were doing anything wrong, but when they brought in, like, King Mo, obviously he's doing MMA, and I think he was suspended or something at the time. But, you know, who knows how much time he has to actually do the wrestling part. But they did nothing with him. And they did the, the Rampage and Tito thing, which, again, there was outside stuff that kind of was messing around with that, but again, they did nothing with it. They started something, but they never finished. It was, like you were saying, they potentially could have done a lot, and they didn't get around to tying everything up. Wrestling fans are not stupid. <laughs> they remember. If I sat there, I, I used to bring it up to, to Vince McMahon and say, okay, you have me doing this against, you know, whoever this person but two years ago this it ended like this so we this doesn't make sense oh they won't remember <laughs> no they will remember absolutely 100 percent they will remember they're diehard wrestling fans are like 
no other fans in the world. Yeah, these are people that are still talking about WrestleMania two, three, four. They still talk <laughs> about it. I mean, like like it was yesterday. Yeah. And, and they know. I mean, you can't. I'm mean, sure the new fan, the new six year old fan that's watching, is not going to remember what I did with Rey Mysterio right. in 2005. But if I come come out and then all of a sudden, you know, me and Ray are just the, the best of friends and stuff, people would go, wait a minute. What about that time you beat up his whole family? Didn't you break his leg and, and put him out of wrestling and then he made you quit? They're going to come up and tell me that. I mean, if all of a sudden I were running a stick horse again, people would go, hey, Pepe, I remember that. I'm telling you, they, they remember these things and you can't, you have to, you have to treat them like, like that. That was my big wrestling crush in Derek. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, right? Oh, we that, got a lot. Oh, uh, your manager told us something about you're also working on a social media. Yeah, man, I got a new so, a new social media company called Tweet Secret, uh, and it's it deals with monetizing social media basically, and and almost making creating a Netflix channel for celebrities to give out better content to to their fans, to their like hardcore fans, which are really. You know, you're you're targeting. It's almost making like a you know VIP um, kind of experience like that and with video and and uh, we're adding some other um, some live stream into there and some other things like that. But it, it's it just gives um, it's a it's a subscription like a, a phone to phone um, subscription base and videos. So really, the only way to watch it is when you subscribe to us for two ninety nine a month, which is nothing, and we're giving you you're getting great content you're getting like us you know it's not, it's not you're not getting a vine eight second video put it that way so that's what it is yeah yeah you're definitely on the cutting edge of breaking out in this in the, in the new world so would you is it moving you beyond wrestling no 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 wrestling at all really not that I wouldn't you know be at would be against that it just we yeah. We're trying to rebrand me, you know, because you, you have to make people think of you other than just wrestling, you know. When I say Roger Staubach left the Dallas Cowboys, they associate him with just football, being a quarterback. But now the guy's the entrepreneur. He's got, I mean, he's worth something like six hundred million dollars, you know, because he's doing other things, you know. And, and that's you almost have to rebrand yourself. And you know, The Rock was The Rock, the wrestler, wrestler. Now The Rock is this TV star, you know, this movie star. Or, I mean, he's done everything. He, at one time last year, he had like four movies out, and he had a reality show, and he came back to WrestleMania. And, I, mean, I, th- I think I saw him at you know at Starbucks making he's making my coffee too. The guy's everywhere. <laughs> but he's just he just rebranded himself. He was you know so not that I'm taking going at, uh, his to follow his lead, but you know he's got the right idea basically. Right. You have to you know get out of you're always associated with wrestling because that's you know we love wrestling and it's great. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, you, you want to branch out and be known for other things also. You know, you know charity work and uh, not just doing stuff for me. you got to do stuff for other people. And that's kind of where we're going with that. So, yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for the Hey, man, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Nate Costa here, possibly going to be joined by Jason Salazar, WonderCon 2014, with David Schulner and Wade McIntyre co-writers of Clone yeah. from Image Comics hey, under guys. the Skybound imprint signing autographs right now so, so gents so how'd you guys break into comics I know you started you're a playwright and TV writer right both of us both the same guys? exact way okay plays and TV so did you go to Robert and say hey I've got an idea or did somebody know somebody and how'd that happen you know we um only because I'm a TV writer, I had an idea for a TV show called Clone. And when I pitched it to uh, Circle of Confusion, who worked with Robert on Walking Dead, they were like, that's a great idea, but I think it's a comic. <laughs> so I said, really? Because I don't know how to write comics. And they said, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. We have someone who can teach you. So they gave the idea to Robert, and Robert took a shine to it, and uh, we took it from there. And then at some point during the first, uh, while David was writing the first arc, uh, we were working together on a TV projects, and David asked us to jump on board and start picking up, starting with uh, my writing partner, Aaron Ginsberg, and I started uh, joining the writing team at issue six and onward. Okay. And doing it together, the three of us, ever since. I was at the uh, panel where you guys had announced 
it was coming out, and everybody was really excited. This guy's coming from TV to write a comic book. So what's the difference, basically? Are you finding it different? Are you writing differently, or are you just writing the same, and you know, the artist can figure it out? Well, part of the reason that, I, that Aaron and Wade jumped on, in with me is because what you learn from writing TV is we do it in a group. And especially in a, in a comic that has not, as much plot as Clone does, you know, writing dialogue's easy, you know, writing characters is easy, story, plot, twists and turns, that stuff's hard. So it's always better with ta other talented writers. And it's actually a model that Robert picked up when he did Thief of Thieves, is they hired a little writer's room. Right. So specifically, writing a script, are you finding it that you're writing in a different way from writing a TV? Just the opposite. We're really using uh, everything that we've learned and writing for television. So will you say, like, for example, you say two shot or wide shot, would you use I do. like that? Absolutely. Um, and it, it's more, it, and it's also more for structuring story as well. Uh, you know, I think we have a, you know, in the first five comics, we have five stories going on, which is a lot more common in TV than comics. Right. Um, but the way we break the stories on a big uh, bulletin board with no cards and all of us hashing out ideas, and then we just fit it into a comic form. So how'd you guys break into TV in the first place? Wait, do you want to take that one? Uh, I try to do these two things know, at the same sorry. time, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. You take a break uh, from signing, and I'll... It took... <laughs> Have we break into TV? Was that the question? Yeah. Uh, it took a while. We, we started out writing for game shows and video games and just any sort of writing we could get, but we always wanted to get into scripted scripted TV. Uh, our first job we actually got through David had sold a show and, and hired us on that. Um, and then, um, so yeah, I guess that's the, that's the key is to uh, have a very talented friend that gets a television show and then hires you. <laughs> That's a really good idea. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, I recommend See if it. I have any friends that have any talent. Now, somebody uh, had mentioned there's a huge announcement that you guys are going to be announcing. There is. Can you tease the announcement? April 30th in New York. Uh, there will be an announcement regarding the, uh, the clone TV series. That sounds like a huge announcement. It, it should be a nice announcement. We're excited. April 30th. Um, but what's funny this is, is the announcement of the announcement. It's the announcement, just made. announcement. It's like the teaser trailer for the trailer for the movies. Exactly. That really show you nothing. Um, but the letters. It's yeah. The letters. What's been great was I was so excited to write for comics, and now that it's being turned back into a TV show, I just want everyone to know like I'm in it for the comic book part of it. The TV show is great, but like this is my comic. This is our one comic. We don't write any other comics. This is our baby, uh, and the TV show is our job. And like this is our, this has become kind of a passion for all of us. Do the TV people see the irony in the fact that you pitched this first as a TV show? They said, "I think it's a comic," and now it's going to be a TV show anyway. When you go into, I think Walking Dead turned everything around. All of a sudden, people are looking at comic books in a way I don't think they had before, and especially for television, not just movies. And so, you know, I'm under um, an overall deal at Universal with my television work, and they said, and uh, when I came in and I said, hey guys, want to read my comic, that was kind of an eye-opener for them. They're like, well, we should make this into a TV show, since you're already a TV writer. So schedule-wise, you said you only do this one comic. That's right. What do you set aside? Do you make yourself... Do you give yourself a schedule and say, this is what I'm. This is the time of day I will work on the comic, or do you just do it when you can? Because there's... Oh, we, um, we definitely just schedule a time to all get together and really spend... For each, for each issue, we spend one or two afternoons together just hashing it out, figuring out what the story is going to be. And then we usually sort of send, we divvy up the scenes and three of us off to write them independently. And then it all gets funneled back to Dave to do a final pass and kind of uh, to go back through it. But uh, 
usually with our, our various TV jobs, there's usually a little, we find a time when everybody's free, and just, as soon as we get a chance, oh, yeah, we do it. But hopefully, the the, if it becomes a TV show, then it'll bring some more people right. to the comic book. And, uh, I missed you in New York. I, uh, and vice yeah, versa, I, was, I guess. I was in New York last year. And I you guys got anything else you'd like to add before I uh, let you get back to signing this stack here? Uh, we just hope that everybody's enjoying Cologne, and if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. It's a really fast-paced, action-oriented book that just keeps the, the story coming. And hopefully enough twists and turns to keep you buying the next one. So the third trade, did this one just come out? Third trade just came out, and what it, re what it does for the first time is it resets the story at issue 11. So if you haven't read Clone, you've missed the first 10 issues, jump in on the first trade. It's our best the, work yet. The third trade. Third trade. Thanks, Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the show. Thank you. No, no, thank you. Well, we thank Nate for his work. And, uh, and we'll have him back next time. And we will be back next week. Next week we'll be recording what would be a more usual podcast. And uh, we'll have Nate in. And we'll be getting ready for Big Wow Comic Fest. And we'll see about that. We may. I've tried to uh, contact him about recording directly on site, more than just to get the interviews, but maybe actually getting in there. We'll see. We'll let you know. Uh, of course, if you are listening to this, uh, you probably got it on iTunes or Stitcher. You can uh, please rate us, please subscribe to us, please tell your friends. You can find us on www.fanboyplanet.com where some of these interviews and some of the things we've talked about are also transcribed and written about on the site. As well, you can find many of the items that we talk about in these Pictures. podcasts and interviews and photos um, through an Amazon link. Of course, we do ask you to su support your local small business. If you're near a local comic book shop, go there first. But if you can't find one, go to Amazon through our site. We'd appreciate it. And if you would like to help defray the cost of hosting, if you enjoy Fanboy Planet, do feel free to make a donation on the PayPal link, which is helpfully included. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, say the sound of your crunching tortilla chips was too loud this week, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Until next week, we are a two-man crew. I'm Derek McCaw. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for, for margarita. Uh, no, no, good. Good. Well, they're good margaritas. They are good margaritas. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Hi, this is Todd Lucas. And BJ Fairchild of, of Eternity. Eternity. Reminding you to use your power. Only for good! Are you going to join the interview? I still got to go up to this panel. I'm All sorry. Right, get the hell out of here. Yeah.